0: This is HPR episode 1931 entitled Atomic Force Microscopy. It is hosted by Amunib and is about 26 minutes long. The summary is general view of the nanoscale tools. Special interest with Atomic Force Microscopes AFM. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15.
1: Uh, I'm here to talk to you a bit of another bit of science. Um, now I'll, I'm going to go into a bit of a nanotechnology, or the more like the instruments used for nanotechnology, and specifically I'd like to delve into uh, a tool called atomics, atomic force microscopes. So um, let me start by, uh, this is basically something that I, I go over with lots of people, so uh, hof- it, it hopefully won't sound too rehearsed. Uh, so. The main problem with uh, small features, uh, by the way, nano, 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 is a a dimensional uh, unit. And uh, if you take a meter, divide that by a thousand, you've got a micrometer. Uh, If you take a hundred micrometers, that's about the thickness of a hair. Uh, Then one micrometer, between one and five micrometers, that's about the uh, uh, size of of a hair, something like that. Um, And then if you as long as you keep if you keep going down if you take a micrometer and divide it in a thousand parts then you get a nanometer and uh, nanometers if uh, I think if you take 0.1 nanometers, that's classical unit called Armstrong that is used uh, as the space between atoms Um, Organic molecules uh, such as the ones that you can find on your Organic light-emitting dials on some phones and OLED Dials uh, they can be maybe hundred nanometers in size, so you know it's a several um, several uh, atoms uh, bundled up together to make these uh, carbon-based molecules, so Nanometer um, the nano world is uh, according to International uh, the ISO standard I believe is uh, is anything that has one of its significant dimensions uh, below 100 nanometer. So, uh, for example, if you if something called a nanotube is called a nanotube, even though it can be several microns and even millimeters in length, uh, just as long as the diameter of the tube is less than 100 nanometers. And then again, we have things the new stuff called, uh, for example, graphene or. or um, single-layered materials, which is basically uh, one-atom thick sheets of stuff. Uh, in the case of graphene, it would be uh, carbon. And uh, so, yeah, I think, oh, and then th- uh, lastly, you know, the original uh, nano stuff was the, the fluorine ball, which is basically um, a, a little ball that is uh, made out of carbon, looks like a football, and it's, it can be less than uh, 100 nanometers in size. So anyway, uh, but that's like a sphere. So anyway, uh, that's def- defining the scale. Uh, now, the main problem um, when, when I when I started doing this, uh, you know, straight as I say, I I am uh, ashamed to say that sad. Sadly, straight out of university, uh, I'd say yeah, you know, if you want to see something really really small, you just use uh, clever optics, and uh, you know, you put the lens one behind each other, and uh, hopefully, you know, and at one point you'll start seeing really small stuff. Now the the problem with that is that it seems that the uh, light uh, travels in waves, and uh, anything contained within that wave, uh, which can be 500 nanometers, you don't see. So, you know, there's ways around it. You can you can um, basically put several waves together and align them in such a way, and you know, they they're slightly out of phase, and you'll be able to find out things that are smaller than uh, 300 nanometers, or whatever the, the wavelength of that particular light is. Uh, but what's what's normally, that, and I think that's called white light interferometry and whatnot. So anyway, so th- that's one technique. Uh, another technique you can use is doing something called scanning electron microscopes. So what you do is, a meta- instead of using light, you basically use electrons. And you flow these electrons through uh, through lenses, which are basically kind of like coils that generate a magnetic field and move them on and since electrons basically tend to move in a straighter line than than light it seems uh... they they hit the surface and they bounce back and there's like this little detector thing that that fans finds out how with how much energy that electron bounced back and uh... that's where you get those like really cool images that you see sometimes on the web of like uh, fleas and mosquitoes and looking like in a grayscale and black and white that's because uh, color as well, loses its definition at that small scale, because there's no light. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's scanning electron microscopy. Others, uh, another tool that you can use, but the limitation of that is that uh, since you're using electrons, uh, you need to have your, the, the sample that you're looking at, you need to be uh, fairly, you know, have some sort of conductivity. So those fleas and, and little mosquitoes, and, you know, that you can actually see the little hairs in the mosquitoes, those those images. What they actually had to do is that they actually had to coat. You know, first they had to kill the animal, uh, the insect, and uh, second they had to coat it with some sort of um, uh, carbon-based uh, stuff. So they, they, they uh, something's called sputter coating, or they, they cover it with gold, or, you know, they, they basically metallize the, the insect so that you can actually see it. Now. Uh, another thing you can do is that if you uh, something's called that's called transmission electron microscope so transmission electron microscopes uh, the way the they work this is I mean this is very very overview of all, all the stuff that I'm talking about it's very overview but uh, the the way I understand it is that you you take a material and you cut it really really thin so you know you have uh, only only uh, Several atomic layers, you know, may, maybe you know, it, it can be something like a hundred nanometers thick layer, and you put it into this huge microscope, uh, and uh, and you basically look at the sh- uh, and you shine electrons through it, and what you look at actually is some sort of um projection of, of your crystal structure of of your of your material. So you basically shine the electrons through, and the electrons go through the material, and depending on how close the electrons go get to the, the atoms or uh, or the crystals uh, uh, more precisely the crystals in the in the in the really thin material they will s- kind of like change direction slightly so they will be going in a straight line and then as they not hit but go through the material I think uh, may, maybe maybe it's tumbling through the material, I don't know what the term is but anyway it, as it goes through the material it slightly deviates and it hits the and it hits some sort of uh, recorder, which before used to be kind of like um, these um, uh, uh, picture, uh, uh, you know, um, oh, geez, these things that, you know, that exposed things. And then you have to go into like a photographic room and, and expose things and put it through chemistry. But now, now they have like these really uh, uh, cool, uh, what you'd say, like little cameras, electronic cameras that would detect the the electrons. Uh, they, they, they then and they and there you can actually see the crystal structure of, of, of material. But of course, you then the this this involves like a, a huge sample preparation. So you know you, you need to you need to get basically get something called a mycotome or, or some other precise piece of kit that that will be able to slice your material to really thin so that you can actually see through it. Now, the last uh, set, which is the, the one I'm gonna uh, I mean I understand better. Uh, which is which doesn't mean that I understand it completely, but uh, is uh, a range of equipment called scanning probe microscopes. Now, scanning probe microscopes are uh, are a different way of approaching um, seeing things in a, at a very small scale. So instead of actually trying to use light or electrons, what you do is you just, as a, a colleague I said, it, he said, "Oh, I've, today I've been poking things with a stick." So that's basically what you do. You have this very, very fine stick, and you poke the <laughs> the surface. And uh, this 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 probe can be, you know, incredibly small, uh, about 100 nanometers maybe, uh, uh, maybe maybe smaller, maybe larger. But uh, depending on how large the probe is, you know, you, you'll be able to see smaller or bigger features now um there's several ways of using this probe one one of the method uh, one of the methods that the way it started scanning probe microscopy was with m- something called scanning tunneling microscopy and there's a guy called, called got a he's a noble laureate now i think for for uh, for um, inventing this method uh and um What this basically is, is that you take a tungsten wire, uh, so tungsten is, you know, in the old light bulbs you have, you you have tungsten there, and uh, tungsten is a very brittle uh, material, very brittle metal, and you can basically, if you, you you cut it, you can, uh, since it's brittle, you can kind of ensure that, uh, that it's going to be very, very sharp. So you take that material and you go into a vacuum chamber. Uh, you take um, something that is uh, electrically conductive, say uh, you know a piece of, uh, of, of pure silicon, um, for example, or, or graphite, and uh, you put a voltage bias to it. So you put uh, you say you say the y- you put your sample at one volt, and uh, then you you approach the probe this very probe very close to the surface but without touching and what you measure is the current that suddenly jumps through from the sample to your tip or the other way around, I'm not sure, depending what what side is grounded um, and uh, this this current is very small, it's uh, nanoamps and it's considered a nano and picoamps and it's called a tunneling current and that goes into uh, tunneling effect that that you can go into quantum mechanics about it. But basically what what it is is that if if the gap is small enough uh, electrons suddenly jump from one place to another. That's that's as far as I understand it. And so you measure this current and you can imagine if if you get slightly farther away that current is going to be reduced because you know the electrons can't jump that far. And if you get closer to the sample then the electrons will flow more so you will, f- you know, you will get more, more current. So the idea is that you say, okay, I want to be a certain distance away. So I'll say, you know, one nanoamp, and you tell the machine to scan, to move the probe, ensuring that the distance is always the same. And by doing that, you're saying that the current is going to be a certain fixed value in nanoamps. So this distance. Uh, that doesn't change, but for example, if you if you have a a, a material, s- at some point you might have something that has a, a different material. So different materials conduct electricity in a different way. So your probe might get closer or or might be farther away. So you, you w- w- with this technique, you know, y- there's clever ways to get around it. So you, you'll be able to find out what m- what one material is and what the other material is not. Um, so, but, but yeah, it, it, needs, it needs to be, uh, the, the, the problem with STM, scanning tunneling microscopy, which is what I've been rambling on for a bit, is, uh, is that this, the, the, the sample needs to be conductive. So, in comes uh, another technique called atomic force microscopy. Now, within atomic force microscopy, there's a, 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 there's a lot of different sub, well, you know, all the other microscope methods also have a lot of um, sub-methods but uh, this uh, atomic force microscopy is uh, really interesting because uh, you, can, you can find out more things apart from the shape of the surface you can find out uh, if something is magnetic you can find out if something is more conductive or less conductive uh, by using these different modes so uh, just to backtrack uh, a quick explanation that I like to make about atomic force microscope is uh, imagine you're in the nano scales, so you are effectively blind. You, you you can't see. So what do blind people do? They they uh, they you know they, they use several tools, but uh, one of the tools that you know that, that I, I, I classically see in the street is a is a, is a stick. So as you're walking, you can poke things around, and you, you, you find out that you know there, there's a step there, and there's a certain height. Uh, and uh, you know that there's a wall, and you can see where there's a sign or a lamppost, so you can you can avoid it. So you know you can you can basically feel your way uh, a- around the surface. Now, let's imagine that uh, y- you 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 are the same person and instead of a walking stick, you will be using a metal detector you know, one of those metal detectors that you maybe you see people uh, using it for, for, for scavenger hunts and to, for, to find coins in the beach or whatever uh, so this, <coughs> this, uh, th- this blind person will have this, this metal detector and you know, it's slightly bulkier, it's heavier so you know, he, he won't be able to find out smaller parts, smaller uh, features as in, in size but at least uh, he, he or she now now has more, more information regarding uh, the conductivity of, of the materials. So we uh, am going to pause there. So you, this, uh, this blind person, you know, might not have, you know, cannot see the small holes in in the sidewalk. But uh, now we'll, able, we'll be able to know that uh, you know uh, there's a coin on the floor. Or that uh, there's uh, um, uh, one of these metal lids of uh, uh, you know uh, one of th- are they called manholes? Well, anyway, one of these uh, one of these holes in the street. So you know the, he gets more information. So that's the advantage of, of, of using a probe. So um, now going back to the our our nanoscale, the the way the way this the, this this works, uh, the way it was invented is was, a little more complicated to explain, but. Uh, it, it in, in, in short, in 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 short, it was you you had this probe that didn't have to be, uh, now didn't have to be conductive in in any way to to feel the surface because it just had to, uh, let's say, physically bend upwards as it was going up, and what they did was they put an STM so the the, the process before you know using the tunneling um, method uh, on the back of this probe so it was actually feeling as the tip was bending upwards and downward and downwards. Uh, by measuring that nano amp current coming coming through it but it was actually being the probe below it was able to see smaller things uh, so let's let me just start by describing the probe which will be uh which will make put things in, in in place so the probes used in these nanoscale, uh you know you buy them off the shelf they can be anything between uh, i don't know maybe ten ten. 10 to 20, 15 euro each, to about 500 euro each for the more complex ones. So the 500 euro ones are actually uh, th- that I've seen are, are scanning thermal microscopy tubes that that, that actually are basically little thermometers uh, going <laughs> going over the surface. So, but anyway, let's go to the to the basic ones. So the basic one is basically silicon. It's made out of uh, you know the stuff that sand is made out of uh, without the oxygen, and uh, they they you know like silicon chips you know that that your processors are made so there's the you know there's a good industry behind it so you can buy uh, a box of ten of these uh, chips so these chips contain a tip uh, sorry a cantilever a cantilever uh, so I sometimes use cantilever and I thought most people know it in English Uh, so it's basically if you imagine a trampoline so you know something that's held only from one side but not held on the other side so that's what's called that's what a, a trampoline is so it's if you met ima- uh sorry that's what a cantilever is and trampoline of course you know uh, you probably do know what it is so this 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 cantilever is uh if you ima- if you imagine your your trampoline and uh, you um, um y- you it has a certain width uh, the width of the of the trampoline in in most in the cases I've seen can be uh 50 microns thick uh wide sorry and it can be one or two microns thick. And then the length of it can be um, maybe a hundred microns in, in length. So you know, 100 as a hundred microns. I say as if it's very long, but it, that's as I said before, that's about the thickness of a human hair. So this, um, and then at the end of it, say so you know, if you imagine you're in, you're on the trampoline, at the end of it, on the bottom, uh, there's this kind of like cone-shaped uh, feature. Coming out of the end, and that is what's called the tip. Now, the tip is it, it can be a cone. Well, normally, it, since it's silicon, it has to, uh, and it, the way it's fabricated, it breaks through the crystal structure, which I believe has a 70 degree tilt. Well, anyway, it it, it breaks through the crystal structure, and it can be quite sharp. So, at the tip end, it can be uh, maybe less 50 nanometers uh, in, in in the rate in the tip radius at the end. But the shape of it, in general, is is, is kind of like um, uh, a pyramid, and it can it can come off the edge of the uh, of let's say the cantilever. It comes down to maybe two microns, and some some of them, you know, depending on how how deep features you want to find out, uh, they can be tens of microns in length. So we can go over the units, but you know, go to the beginning of the <laughs> of the cast and find out what the microns and nanometers are. But hopefully. Uh, you're in the loop. Anyway, so what we have is a chip that holds the cantilever and the cantilever has a tip at the end. So it's, uh, you know, you can can probably uh, do a web search for um, uh, AFM tips or AFM cantilevers or AFM chips and there you would get scanning electron microscope images. Remember those black and white images I talked about before? Uh, that show you uh, the the, you know more or less the size of it so you get an idea of how how small these things are so um, the way now how how it doesn't really help you to know that uh, you know uh, you're scanning this you're moving this probe across the surface line by line you know just um, from left to right as if you were lawn, you know, using a lawn mower over, over your, your backyard or, or your lawn or whatever. So it goes back forwards and then it, it did that line and then it moves down one line and goes across another time and back and forwards. Now the, the probe is flexing up and downwards and by flexing up and downwards you know the, um, uh, the height of the features. Now these how do you know that that really small thing is actually moving up and down. So uh, at the beginning, as I said, it, they they used an STM uh, probe on the back of it, so they can measure the current going up uh, uh, up and down from it. But that quite limited the range, so you couldn't you couldn't really. Uh, maybe that wasn't the limitation. I, I'm guessing that's the limitation that you know it it, it could only see features that were um, few nanometers in size, and uh, people wanted to see things that were in microns in size. So uh, what uh, what came up was. Uh, a method using uh, shining a laser light on the back of the cantilever. So, if you shine a laser light on the back of the cantilever, and it, that reflects into um, a photodetector, which is basically a solar cell, let's say, and that photodetector has two parts: a part on the top and a part on the bottom. So normally the laser spot will be slightly in the middle. So the the uh, voltage that you get from the top minus the voltage that you get from the part on the bottom would be zero. Now, if the, if the laser spots shining on the cantilever, if the cantilever bends upwards, then the laser spots will move upwards on the photodetector. Hence you will have the, p- the top part will be larger than the bottom part, so you'll have a positive voltage. If the cantilever finds a hole, it'll bend downwards. so you will have more voltage going into the B-side, and the, uh, yeah, so the voltage will be negative. Hence, you know, you you can then feed that voltage back into the instrument and request and ask the 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 tip to move up and down. Now, how do you move? <laughs> well, this is getting really in depth. Uh, so, how do you move something up and down by several nanometers? So, for that, you use a material uh, called piezoelectric material. Now, piezoelectric materials are really interesting because um, uh, you can put a voltage into it, and they actually either uh, DC voltage, and they actually either shrink or or grow depending on the signal of, of the sign of the voltage. And they sh- they you know you can calibrate them to make sure that they are uh, they grow by a certain amount. Um, so <laughs> this uh, these these these, these piece of materials maybe I, maybe I'll, I'll go into it in, in a different uh, cast. Uh, If people want, but anyway, so you have like this this basically little material uh, that acts like a motor moving the thing up and down. And actually there's another one using it to move left and right. Now, so you're scanning along and uh, you know that thing goes up and down and the detector tells you uh, where it is uh, on on height. And then what you get is this map of uh, let's say 1512 pixels by 512 pixels uh, of, of values in, in Z and with that you put it into a software analysis program uh, I personally like Gwydion and I would highly recommend it I've used uh, several other uh, data analysis programs for, for this atomic force microscopy and uh, this one is the best and it's a uh, free software as in free as in freedom GPL licensed and uh, the reason I like it if you listen to my previous uh, podcast is that it is maintained by the Czech National Measurement Institute, the so CMI. And uh, it can open almost all, if, if not all, file formats that uh, all the different makes and models of atomic force microscopes do. So I've used five different types of atomic force microscopes uh, from five different companies. And those five different companies have their for some reason, decide... To do their own data analysis software, and uh, of course, each data analysis software then only opens their type of file format and doesn't open the other. You know, this again, open document <laughs> formats. Uh, we can, we can, uh, you know, this is where um, Free Software Foundation Europe and Free Software Foundation uh, quite in- insist on having open formats. But anyway, that's not get, That's not deviate. Uh, and uh, Gwidium opens all of them, so uh, it is a great piece of software. Uh, it is uh, scriptable as well, which is great when you are recording a lot of uh, a lot of data. And I highly recommend it if you want to get into atomic force microscopy. There are, um, you know, wh- uh, inst- instructions, I- even uh, papers and, and and stuff that you can download and find, get instructions on how to uh, build your own atomic force microscope. I would recommend doing, you know, maybe the one there's one about Lego uh, that's uh, really interesting. So, uh I think that's that's about it. Um hopefully I haven't rambled on for too long and uh I can, you know, depending on how I feel like uh, I'll I'll try to get more podcasts and and I think so. Uh I used Audacity here. It was highly complicated uh the previous podcast. I'm not sure how I how I did. Uh but uh this one I just decided to record everything in one track. I don't know how it's going to come come out. Uh, and hopefully this will be saved because I've been going on for about 25 minutes if it's all lost I'll be really upset but anyway thank you very much and uh, see you next time bye
0: you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday Monday through Friday